got it. Hello, and welcome to the Dare to Fail podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Rail. Boy, you got it. That intro, I know, it gets me. I'm hoping it's getting you pumped up. It's a beautiful day. Hello, everybody out there in Dare to Fail land. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's program. This is going to be a very challenging podcast for me to give to you guys, um, but it's about as honest and as vulnerable as I can completely be, and um, that's really all that I can do. I think that that's how I can give my most value as a human being, as an artist, is to just simply be honest and and truthful about life, about my own life, about uh, the challenges and everything that I've faced, and hopefully I can help you guys out on your path as well. Today, I want to talk to you guys about, I think, something that is so important, but we hardly ever talk about. It's our bodies. It's our body image. When we look in the mirror, what do we see? When we turn on the TV, what do we see? Advertisements, magazines, just in general. This whole image that we have of how we're supposed to look, the standards that are set, I mean, especially as an actor, it's pretty ridiculous. And there's been something that has been going on with me since, I want to say I was maybe 26, 27. Myself, like most men, like 50% of men or something like that, I started losing my hair when I was in my mid to late 20s. It's a pretty slow process. And like anybody else, you know, when it first starts to happen, you, you freak out. And, you know, you run to the store, you get the Rogaine or Minoxidil, it's the same thing. You start rubbing that on your scalp, it kind of slows it down. But slowly but surely over time, you know, your hair will be falling out. If you're a man and you, you start losing your hair, it's a genetic thing, typically. It's called male pattern baldness. And um, it's a slow, degenerative process that will eventually lead to you having the, the power donut, as they say, or the cul-de-sac, the horseshoe. Like, you just start losing your hair from the top, and it makes a circle, and you have your sides. So you can look like a clown if you want. <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it, but, it, it, you know, that's the truth. And needless to say, because I've had a lot of issues um, with my body with just loving myself, with being able to look in the mirror and be like, hell yeah, I like what I see. And I've talked about this many times. And a lot of people have issues with self-esteem and self-confidence. It's not an uncommon thing, which is sad, but it's not uncommon. And when something starts to change, something that we felt was like part of our identity, like, you know, like having hair (laughs) or just something that you've had for your entire life. And all of a sudden... That starts to change. And all of a sudden, you start to have these really terrible feelings and thoughts of like, oh my God, my body is changing. I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do. I'm never going to be able to be an actor. I'm never going to, you know, forget, you know, getting a, an awesome girl or something. She's not going to like me when my hair is falling out. You know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous stuff because when you sit down and you think about it, you're like, well... <laughs> If a girl's not going to like me because my hair's falling out or or whatever, then say la vie. You know, that's not somebody that I want to have in my life anyway. If there's a career like acting, maybe even, I don't know, probably other stuff, modeling, of course, you know, stuff like that. 
um, and they don't accept you because of the way that you look, why would you want to be involved in that to begin with? So much easier said than done, okay? And it's not just career stuff, it's relationship stuff. It's this whole kind of toxic image that our society has that really looks down on anything that is kind of a natural process of life. As we get older, things start to change. And we can't look perfect, right? It's just, it's this obsession, and I am a product of this obsession. Uh, You know, for as long as I can remember, I remember growing up in grade school, kids were ruthless, and they would make fun of you for, for just being the slightest bit different. And when you're a kid, you have no idea that that's, you know, ridiculous, and that your differences are awesome, and you should be celebrating that you don't look like, you know, everybody else. You don't know that. So you internalize all this stuff, and different equals bad. Different equals no friends, no relationships, no love, like being outcasted. It's, it almost means like being, like being dead. I'll, I'll be dead if I, if I am different from everybody else and they don't accept me. And then we get so obsessed with how we look and how we are presented and how other people take us in. And then once something starts to change, you can have an existential crisis big time. And that's, I'm not having an existential crisis right now because I've been dealing with hair loss for almost 10 years now. But my story in this has come to a fork in the road, a very significant one. And I want to tell you guys about this because I want you to hopefully, if you're in some sort of situation like this as well, when you're trying to hide some sort of flaw or you're willing to go to extreme lengths to try to change your appearance, um, and it's not healthy, uh, you know, there's one, diet and exercise are one thing, but like taking medications that have harmful side effects or getting surgery or just in general not accepting yourself no matter how you look, right? These things can be very dangerous. And I want to tell you my story. It might, It may only really apply to other men who are losing their hair as well, but I think that it can apply to anybody who has an issue with their body or an issue with their image that they're dealing with. And they're trying to cover it up and they're having a really hard time doing it. So let me tell you my story about this. It's embarrassing, but (laughs) I got to be truthful. And if I can turn this into something that helps somebody else, then I'm glad that I went through it. Okay. So like I said, when I was 26, I started to slowly lose my hair. I started using this foam stuff. It's Rogaine, Minoxidil. Rubbed it in there. Kind of seemed to slow it down. Progression got slowly worse. Of course, I start to get into acting when I'm in my early 30s. I first moved to Austin, took a class. I'm like, I love this. This is so much fun. And then you start looking at all these other actors. You start looking at the whole the business and the, the, the process of it all, and everybody looks great. Everybody's got a full head of hair. Everybody's got white teeth. Nobody has any blemishes. Of course, it's all bullshit. But when you're looking at this, you're like, this is, how, this is what I have to be. This is how I have to fit in, right? So it started to freak me out. And I was not willing at that point to take any sort of medications or to do anything crazy about it. So I looked into all of these natural remedies. I was trying everything that I could to stop my hair from falling out. Head massages, freaking jojoba oil mixed in with peppermint oil and, uh, you know, any, all this essential oil stuff. Derma rollers, which are essentially, essentially these little roller things with needles on them. 
that you put on your scalp and it hurts really bad, but then like apparently it's supposed to stimulate blood flow, blah, 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 headstands, eating healthy, gut health, blah, 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 all of this stuff. And none of it stopped my hair from falling out. None of it. And I went to great lengths to try and to really do this stuff as natural as I possibly could. And it started to get so bad to the point where I started using concealers in my hair, which is, it's like makeup, right? It's like makeup that you can put on your scalp or it's makeup that kind of binds to the other hairs. You like spray on hair. (laughs) I never had spray on hair, but I did have the little like powder based stuff that you can apply with like a little brush. And that's what I was using. As embarrassing as it is to even talk about that now, that was where my mind was going. My hair loss was getting worse. It was becoming more and more impossible to cover it up. And I had these ambitions of moving out to L.A., which I did, and going off and and being this great actor and doing all, you know, this amazing artistic stuff, right? And if you would have asked me, like, yeah, this is all about authenticity. This is all about being yourself and putting your best self out there. But in reality, there was this huge thing that I was completely neglecting and that I was fooling myself on for years. And it didn't really get as bad as it did until I started getting on stage. And then it started to become obvious. I even had a talk with my one of my acting coaches in the class. The entire class was listening. It was so embarrassing. But I feel that I had to face I had to face my fears about all this stuff, right? Well, <laughs> you would think that that would get to a point where you just kind of accept it. But no, not me. I went to my doctor. And I told my doctor what was going on. And there's really only two FDA-approved treatments for male pattern baldness. One is minoxidil, which is the generic name for Rogaine, which is just a, uh, either a liquid or a foam that you rub into your scalp. The second is a a drug called finasteride, or finasteride, however you say it, which is the generic term for a brand called Propecia. And there's a bunch of other derivatives that are essentially the same thing, and that's a medication that is normally thought to treat uh, enlarged prostate. One of the side effects of the drug, though, is it grows your hair back. Um, And it actually grows your hair back. For most men, when they take it, it takes quite a quite a while, but it will grow most of your hair back. And I had heard about all the side effects. All, you know, oh, there's there's freaking websites that are dedicated to men who have taken this, and now they have some weird syndrome, and they can't perform sexually, and they're depressed, and all these things. I had seen that, but there was no medical, like, journal, or no, like, hard evidence that said that this is, you know, this happens to, like, 60% of the men who take it. So I, I talked to my doctor about it. And uh, the side effects were much lower than apparently people are led to believe. Blah, 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 right? So it says like less than 1% of men have any issue with it at all. And most men take this medication for their hair loss and they never have any sort of issues with it at all. And um, in my desperation, because I didn't know how I was going to handle my life, without having my hair, without having this sort of identity, I started to take it. I started taking it, I think about March of 2019. So it's 
it's been over, you know, it's like a year and a half now. And slowly but surely, I grew back a significant amount of my hair. And I was like, great, problem solved. I didn't have any side effects. Um, I can still go out to L.A. I can still, you know, I'll just watch it and make sure that I don't have any problems with it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I keep saying that. But, <laughs> you know, the, the rants, the things that we tell ourselves in our mind that everything is just okay because we just don't want to deal with it. We don't want to have to deal with the reality that we are getting something in life that we don't want. Nobody wants to lose their hair. Okay. Nobody wants to start looking old, you know, for the most part. Nobody wants some tragic event that happens in their life that have they have no control over and now their life is going to be changed and they have to deal with it. Nobody wants this stuff in life, okay? We all want to look like the people in the magazines or in the billboards or our heroes or our favorite people. We want to emulate those people. We want to fit in, you know, all of this stuff. Most people want to, right? And when you're insecure or if you're having issues like that, which I'm not, it's, it's okay. You know, we're in this together. Everybody has their insecurities. I don't care who the hell they are. Everybody has some sort of insecurity, okay? And when you have that, you're willing to go to lengths sometimes that you shouldn't, that you should just do the hard thing, which is honestly the easiest thing because it requires the least amount of effort. Typically, and that's just to accept the fact that this is happening. You're losing your hair, okay? But what that means inside of your mind is my world is falling apart. My dreams are done. Nobody is going to love me. I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do. So I started taking this medication. Got most of my hair back. Took about a year to get it back. Moved out to L.A. I'm working out there, you know, everything's going pretty well for being out there for only two months. Then the coronavirus happens, pandemic happens, everything shuts down, everything changes overnight. So I come back to Arizona to be with my family. I'm trying to figure out how I can make sense of this and maybe do some good, maybe do some help. And I've always been a blood donor and I kind of neglected that for a while unfortunately, but I, you know, there were, there was ads, there's commercials for it. And I have a rare blood type O negative and it's CMV negative and all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to go and donate blood. There's people who need this now during the pandemic and all this stuff. You know, I can do that. So I go, I sit down, they give me the medication deferral list, which is, you know, if you're taking any of these drugs, you can't donate blood. And guess what was on there? Finasteride. I did not know that. So now I couldn't give, I couldn't donate blood. And that was, uh, that was like, oh, huh, I didn't know that. And the more I looked into other things, you know, about this drug and possible side effects, even if the, the percentage of these side effects are relatively low, the longer that you are on the drug, the higher the instances of these things that can occur. Uh, one of them is an increased risk of prostate cancer. Go figure, because it's a drug that is supposed to get your prostate smaller if it's if it's big, right? It's supposed to be used for that to begin with. Other things like memory loss or not feeling, um, uh, you know, happy, like depression. Like there's a lot of lists of things that this drug could cause. And when I first started taking it, my priorities were completely different. My priority was how can I be an actor? 
and I didn't see in my my I don't know I don't want to say stupidness but maybe it is being stupid but it's it's also just being human and it's 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 being in a state of mind where you think that you have to go to whatever extreme that it is for you to succeed and to accomplish your goal and I am one of those people if I have to work 12, 14, 16 hour days to get something done, I'll do it, right? But you got to be careful. You have to be very careful when it comes to these things because sometimes the risk versus the benefit, it's just not there. And my mentality before this pandemic happened compared to my mentality after this pandemic happened are very different. And it's one of the best things that I can say that has happened during this time is that my perspective on life and what is really important what is really meaningful, completely changed. I was coming from this mindset of that if I can't accomplish this goal in terms of like being a successful actor by living in LA, by being a working actor, by being in feature films or you know a TV show and people know who I am and that is how I was defining success. And if that didn't happen, if, if I wasn't able to make that happen, then not successful. And then that means, I guess, that I'm a failure, that my dreams just didn't happen. And I'm just another one of the, the, the sob stories that you hear about people who tried and failed. Now I know better. And maybe that's what I can offer to you guys as listeners, even if, if you're not an artist specifically, but if you're trying to do something, anything in your life, right, anything in your life that is that is a goal, it's really important to have goals. But it's so much more important to know what your purpose is. Because a goal could be something as simple as I want to make a million dollars, right? That's a very simple, clear, concise goal, okay? The purpose behind that and how you're going to go about doing all that stuff better be pretty important to you lest you want to end up somebody who does unethical stuff for money. If I never go back to Los Angeles or if I never get another acting gig because of my appearance, because of how I look, because of my hair, that does not in any way, shape, or form mean that my life has not been successful at all. And it's the same thing for you. If, if society or if, if some other person is not going to give you recognition or give you the work or whatever it is that you think that you deserve, which you probably do deserve. I'm not saying that you don't. But if none of these external things come through and say, yes, here you go, that does not mean that you are a failure. It does not mean that your dreams can't happen for you. It just means that you have to really dig down deep with inside of yourself and ask you, Ask yourself, why am I doing this stuff? What is this meaningful for me? And if it's to get validation from these kind of soulless scumbag people, not all the times, but a lot of them are, then why the hell are you doing it? You're willing to risk your, your health, you know, so many things for some sort of reward that you think is going to make your life better. And by every account that I've ever heard of, Jim Carrey is the, the, the best. He did a commencement speech about this specifically, not necessarily losing your hair, but he said that he wished everybody could realize their wildest dreams so they could see that that is not where they're going to have their contentment in life. 
if you lose yourself, if you don't love yourself during this process, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, that is the ultimate failure. It's the ultimate failure. Comparing ourselves in society, you know, with all these other people, man. And I'm not, I don't mean to say anything bad about, you know, good looking, attractive people. I don't have anything, <laughs> I don't have anything against them at all. That's great. But just because you aren't that or that you are different, you have some sort of, you know, something is unique about you, that doesn't mean that you don't have just as much value or that you can't accomplish your goals just as they are. You're just going to have to get a hell of a lot more creative with how you go about doing it. Long story short, I can't donate blood anymore. I have all of these other risks that could come about later on in my life, 10 years down the road from now. And for what? For my hair. Because I, I, I don't want to be a bald guy. So I've been hiding from that for 10 years practically. Hoping nobody notices. Obviously people noticed I had so many embarrassing encounters when I was putting that filler crap in my hair at school, <laughs> laying down and then getting up and there's like black powder, like brownish, blondish powder on the ground where my head was. <laughs> Come on. And it's like you see some of those guys that have the toupees and they, they like glue the things on and you know that they're so fake or you see somebody with just this massive comb over, you're like, man, <laughs> you're not kidding anybody, Right. Only yourself. And that's the only thing that I was kidding, was, was myself. So this pandemic, like I said, has changed everything for me. My perspective has changed. And um, long story short, which is actually, we've been, I've been telling you this for over 20 minutes now, I've stopped taking the medication. I stopped taking it, I think, three or four days ago. And I don't know if it's psychological or what, but I do feel sharper I feel like my mind is a little bit more quick than, you know, because uh, one of the other side effects of that too could is, like I said, is memory loss or like a cognitive sort of fog. I mean, it, it, it messes with your, your, horm your hormones, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff that can happen when that happens. And that means that slowly but surely, my hair is going to be like a home run ball. Somebody hit it. It's going, going, gone. <laughs> I'm gonna, my hair's gonna be falling out, and um, it's. I'm still incredibly uh, nervous about this, and but it reminded me of the reason why I do this podcast. It reminded me of kind of my own purpose in life, which is not my purpose in life is to not be an actor or to be you know, just a, mus a musician or, you know, it's not to be any sort of title role in anything because I don't think there's necessarily any sort of meaning in any sort of title that you're going to choose, doctor, lawyer, teacher, musician, actor. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. All of those can be incredibly meaningful and uh, important professions if you're doing them correctly, if you're doing them from the heart with a benevolent purpose, absolutely. If you're not doing any of those from your heart or from a benevolent place, they can be you can be an awful human being in any of those titles that you choose. Priests? Hmm. 
That's not funny. But you know, you know what I'm saying? How many priests are, have gotten in trouble for molesting children? They're priests. They're supposed to be they're supposed to be decent human beings. I mean, at least that by my standards, same thing with doctors. How many doctors have prescribed medications because they just wanted to get paid or they didn't pay attention to you enough and then you mixed a fatal cocktail and people died from it? I mean, it's not always nefarious, but it's just when you're not it doesn't matter what you're doing is what I'm saying. Your your dream, your goals, your your life, whatever it is that you do. It doesn't matter if you're not coming from a place of benevolence, a place of good, a place of your own unique purpose, which in some way is going to have to do with serving people. So can I still do every single thing that I want to do with my life without my hair? Answer, yes. Does it mean that it's going to be a little bit more challenging and there's going to be things that, uh, you know, are going to affect me negatively or are there going to be people who have known me my whole life who say, man, you don't look good with a shaved head or uh, you don't look anything like your headshots. <laughs> I got to get new headshots now. I got to get all new promotional pictures and all this stuff showing what I look like. But I'll be free. Freedom. Freedom from trying to hide something free to just show who the hell I am without caring about anything else. Yes, losing my hair. I'm one of the 50% of the male population who lose their hair over time. Okay? Big deal. Get over it. Of all the things that I could be complaining about or I could have an issue with, Losing my hair is not that big of a deal. It's not a cancer diagnosis. It's, it's not a, a fatal car wreck. It's not, it's not anything like that. And do you have something in your life that's like that too, that you have obsessed over, that, has, that you've tried to hide, that has robbed you of, the, of your, just your joy because you're constantly thinking about it? Like, oh, if they see me at this angle, they're going to see the bald spot or they're going to see the thinning hair or they're going to see that, you know, one of my eyes is bigger than the other one, or, you know, my eyebrows are not quite, you know, so, you know whatever imperfections that you, that you think you have. We obsess over this stuff. And the truth is, everybody is obsessing over their own thing. They hardly even notice yours. <laughs> they're too obsessed with themselves. So I imagine my life moving forward as severing this mental baggage that I have carried for so long and being free of it and accepting the fact that, you know, my appearance is going to be quite different and it's going to take time for me, for myself to accept it. But it won't be the end of the world. And I will be able to still do everything that it is that I want to do, and I'm just going to accept myself for, for what it is. I'm not going to take a medication that could potentially lead to awful side effects and, and conditions later on down my life. God, I hope I don't, you know, because I have taken it for a year, but I'm done. I haven't taken it anymore. I hope that doesn't lead to anything, but I can only make the right decision now. I can't go back. <laughs> I can only make the right decision now. 
And if I hadn't have moved out to L.A. and and done all this stuff and then the pandemic happened, I probably would still be in that same mindset. If the pandemic didn't happen, I'd still be out in Los Angeles, probably taking this medication, doing the same exact thing that I was doing. I've had acting teachers tell me, you want to know what producers tell me? Speaking as the acting teacher, they tell me, don't send me any guys who are bald. Don't send me any balding guys. I'm like, wow. So that's the kind of environment that you will be in, in, in acting a lot of times. And it takes incredible courage to flip the two birds and start naming off all the actors that you can think of that have lost their hair or are completely bald guys. The Rock always comes up, but I'm like, I don't look like The Rock, okay? <laughs> I'm going to have to put about two, maybe 300 pounds of muscle on to approximate that. And that's not going to happen, but Jason Stodham, Bruce Willis, Vin Diesel. These are all kind of like action type guys. So you got to kind of be a badass, right, if you're going to shave your head. Maybe that'll in- inspire you, me, you know, to work out more or something or to just realize that there's other people out there who have gone through this and they're they they're just fine. And I'm going to take freedom, peace of mind, and getting my energy back from all of that stuff any day of the week rather than worrying about this and worrying about side effects or, do you know, it's so expensive. It is so expensive to try to keep up with this stuff, you know? And it's so free and easy Well, maybe not easy. The concept is easy to just love and accept yourself and let the chips fall where they may. And if there's relationships or there's opportunities that you miss out on because of this, those were not opportunities that were good for you to begin with. They're bankrupt, morally, socially, whatever. They may not financially be, you know, they may they may be high in the financial part, but they're completely gone in the soul aspect of it all. And I'm here for the soul aspect of it all. I am here for my purpose, which, as far as I can tell, is to just be as honest and as authentic and understanding and loving and compassionate to other people that I possibly can be and to create positive things that make this world a better place, music podcast, you know, writing my own films. Now, you know what I have to do? Now I get to write my own film and shoot my own short film and learn how to do that. And I'll act in that because guess what? I'm the casting director. And if it never goes anywhere, who cares? I made something that I wanted to see exist in this earth. There's nobody who can stop me from doing that. There's nobody who can stop you from doing that. Not your hair, not producers, not LA, not New York, none of that. Make it yourself. And put that honesty into it. At the end of the day, people will really connect with the things that are real. Even if the vast majority of it is not. The vast majority of it is bullshit. And people have bought the bullshit for so long. But it can't last. It can't last. It won't. So I'm choosing freedom. My goal is, because my hair is, like I said, is like a home run. It's going, going, gone. It's going to be mostly gone probably within the next three to six months, which is right around the turn of 2021. And I am willing and ready to turn the page on this year and start completely over with a new identity, 
of self-love and freedom. It's going to be a challenge. And I'm going to have some podcasts probably that are about this challenge. And if there's anybody out there who is experiencing the similar things that I am, and if I can help you, shoot me an email. Go to my website, B-R-A-E-H-L.com. Let's talk about it, okay? And we're going to be just fine. So that was the most vulnerable I've ever been on a podcast. Uh, And I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, there will be much more to come. Stay safe out there. Love you all. Boy, you've got it. Hello, and again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really can't tell you how much I appreciate it. If you find value in this programming, if you could do me the most humongous, awesome favor in the world, if you could go over to iTunes and rate this podcast, give me an honest rating. I just want the truth. I want to learn how to make this better for you all, and that will definitely help give this podcast more credibility and everything. I'm also doing remote interviews through a program called Zencaster, so I can interview anybody from all over the world. All you need is a pretty much a USB microphone and some headphones and we can make it happen. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Dare to Fail podcast. I hope to talk to you again soon. Goodbye.